He was the catalyst. He was still, no matter what they may say, oh, did you hear Phil Harris on the Jack Benny show? Did you hear Don Wilson or Rochester or Dennis Day or Mary Livingston or Mel Blank or Frank Nelson, any of the people? Did you hear them on the Jack Benny show? He was the one who was the catalyst to move the whole show, and it was still, he was the star of the show. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, around this time of year, Jack Benny goes through a rather peculiar annual routine. He takes inventory of all the commodities in his pantry. As we look in, Rochester and Jack are checking off the items. Two cans of corned beef hash. Two cans of corned beef hash. Four bottles of olives. Rochester, slow down. I can't write that fast. <laughs> Mr. Benny, I can't understand why you take inventory every fall. You run this house just like a grocery store. I do not. I just... Uh-oh. I broke the point of this pencil. Where's the pencil sharpener? In the cash register. <laughs> oh, yeah. Darn it, I hit the 60-cent key instead of no sale. Now my books won't balance. Well, let's get on with the inventory, Rochester. Yes, sir. Six cans of peas. Six cans of peas. Five cans of corn. Five cans of corn. 436 cans of pork and beans. <laughs> 430... Rochester, how come we got so many cans of pork and beans? Don't you remember? Mr. Paley threw those in to clinch the deal. <laughs> oh, yes, one for each station. <laughs> now, continue, Rochester. Two bottles of vanilla extract. Two bottles of vanilla extract. One bottle of Lydia Pinkham's. <laughs> To take advantage of capital gains laws, Jack Benny had formed his holdings into a corporation and sold it to CBS for $2.26 million. Benny opened the fall 1949 season by taking stock of his pantry. Oh, say, boys. What is it, Rochester? When we come to the toothpicks, let's just estimate. The October 2nd program got a rating of 20.3. Okay for the plain ones, but the colored ones will count. I don't think that anybody, a comedian or an actor of any kind, says to himself at any time, I think I'm gonna develop a style. I don't think he would know how to do that. I think you just find it. Innately, there's something that you do that you find out works for you. Some comedians talk very fast. They go from one joke to another joke to another joke, maybe topical humor. Now, I discovered when I first started to talk on the stage that that would not have been my style. My style was to talk on a subject and stay on the subject. We never did anything that we thought was going to last. We never framed anything. We never started anything that we said. For instance, I've never gone to my writers and they never went to me and came to me and said, Let's make you a stingy character. Let's make Love and Bloom your theme song. Let's have a feud.
between you and Fred Allen. See, if we'd have framed all of that ahead of time, it would have never worked out. It always started by an accident. By accident, we wrote a couple of stingy jokes, and then they got big laughs, so we each week or every third week, we would put in a few stingy jokes, and before I knew it, I was a stingy man. The voice of John L. Lewis. The United Mine Workers of America are instructed to resume immediately the mining and production of coal to continue until midnight, Wednesday, November 30, 1949. The National Broadcasting Company's News and Special Events Department brings you Voices and Events, the living record of history this week. You'll hear President Truman, Senator Herbert Lehman, and Mayor O'Dwyer, Vito Marcantonio and Alvin Barkley, and a special report on John L. Lewis. On election night, New York City Mayor William O'Dwyer, who'd succeeded Fiorello LaGuardia, won re-election. editor for Voices and Events, James Fleming. Election night, 1949. The results greeted by Democrats with cheers. And perhaps for the first time in history, we heard a president of the United States reading the returns. Some late returns. In Boston, Mayor Curley has 15,427 votes and Hines has 14,948. In New York, Mayor O'Dwyer has 406,000 votes and Newbold Morris, 200. 91,000. Latest returns on uh, the Lehman Dulles uh, fiasco is. <laughs> it will be that when Lehman gets through with this, though. In uh, New York, Lehman took the lead over Dulles in 1,452 precincts. He's 393,092 to 317,307. If you come in, we'll try to give them to you. <laughs> President Truman was speaking off the cuff to the National Women's Democratic Club. The results were all but final, and Mr. Truman acknowledged the ladies' role in what was happening in New York State. I'm very certain that every woman in the great state of New York has been doing her duty today as a result of those returns. That means she's had the old man go to the polls and she's gone herself and voted. <laughs> so there are about 2% more women vote than the men. O'Dwyer was soon confronted with a political corruption scandal uncovered by King County DA Miles McDonald. O'Dwyer would resign from office on August 31, 1950. President Truman appointed him U.S. ambassador to Mexico. O'Dwyer would return to New York in 1951 to answer questions about his association with organized crime. He resigned as ambassador in 1952. Yes, it was all over two hours after the polls closed here in New York.